Content warning. The Adventures in Hellworld podcast talks in depth about QAnon, which means we have to talk about all kinds of child abuse and violence against people. Listener discretion advised. Hello, everybody. I am Mike Rains, a.k.a. Poker and Politics, and welcome to another episode of Adventures in Hellworld. I am joined, as always, by Sarge. That's me. Late start because I had to get a B out of my condo. That will happen every now and then in the mysterious L. Hello, me, a beautiful baby. <laughs> gunning for the, gunning for your spot in the Mario sequel. I uh, I think I think it's possible. It's me, Mario. Now get out of my restaurant because you're a colored person. Hey. <laughs> yeah, I know. Racist, Mario. Why? I hate immigrants. <laughs> Woohoo! I, I've been trying to get you, trick you into saying racist stuff on the pod for, you know, years now, and you uh, just a way for you to I do it. I need to be in a character, like yeah. Racist Mario. <laughs> new, new, new character for the show, Racist Mario. <laughs> Thank God, we, we, the hell the hell world cinematic universe grows every week. It's yeah, incredible. That's what we've been lacking. Yeah. It's, been, it's been a weird week for all of us, so I think we're all yeah. a little bit loopy. So why why not start off the podcast all 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 willy nilly? I did oh. see that Mario Brothers movie yesterday. I agree with all the criticisms, but also all the people criticizing it are idiots because what were they expecting? Like, oh man, this Mario, but this this animated Mario Brothers movie by Illumination isn't like a deep introspective character journey. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it's like no, it's pretty it's pretty much based on the plot of the video games, except instead of the princess being trapped in a castle, it's Luigi. And then like aside from that, it's like the same thing though. Yeah. It's like Mar- Mario Mario has to squash turtles or whatever to save somebody who's trapped in a castle. That's always been the storyline, so I don't understand why people are flipping their shit. It's never been exceedingly deep either. Even in the the three D one recently, where no one was kidnapped, it was just Bowser invading, so Mario and his friends had to team up to fight him. Hey, and... get the fuck out of my city, you big turtle! Get the fuck out of <laughs> That's what people wanted out of the Mario movie when they they were just like Mario, because Mario's got like a rival in this movie. Like like the the Mario Brothers plumbing business has a rival. It's not important to the movie, so it doesn't really count as a spoiler. Mm. And it's just like you know that guy, he's not as authentically New York Italian as I'd like. At one point, he gets up in Mario's face and he's like, hey, I'll fucking break your teeth there, kid. Get the fuck out of my face with your stupid Mario plumber shit. How dare you? I'll fucking kill you. <laughs> that would have been just so awesome if people were like, why is the Mario Brother movie rated R? And it's just because that guy is just so profane. They just had to slap an R rating on it. What is it? It was this 2002. We want hard R Mario. That's what everyone yeah. was pushing for. The early. Hey, I know your fucking mother's embarrassed you because she talks in her sleep. Am I right? Get the fuck out of here, Mario. <laughs> but then he gets to the Mushroom Kingdom, and it's all a woohoo, yeah, Yoshi, yeah. <laughs> uh, everybody, everybody wants a Joker, but like Mario, they just want they just want a movie called Mario, but it's like the hard R version where it's but Joaqu- the Joker, jo- Joaquin Phoenix playing like a like an Italian down as a plumber with mental troubles. <laughs> Princess Peach is, an, is a hallucination; she's not real. <laughs> I I mean, we still try and do that, but man, I feel like the golden era for that was like the mid two thousands. Everybody wanted to do the dark hard R version of everything, or was it a little later? I know they had that really dark, like, Power Rangers fan film. And everyone had all those terrible fan theories, like, the Rugrats, but super depressing. They're all dead. 
Whatever era of imagination that was, I hated it. I wonder if that's just kind of a kind of a generational thing where you're just mm. the, when you hit your edgelord phase and you just can't you just can't let things be things. Things now have to be grittier and darker and more like just it, it just can't, it can't be fun for fun's sake. It has to have a, like a bitter social commentary strapped on the top of it. Well, now, now there's also the trend of just like hard but also like realistic like marriage story or whatever it was or like the, the one where you know fucking kylo ren is getting divorced from scarlett Johansson. oh yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> just people yelling at each other in like a room for a while so it's just be like mario brother just be like fight the ape why should i fight the fucking ape call the fucking animal control to fight the ape now get in the kitchen i mean i don't know what what the fucking ape i don't care about the ape fuck out of here <laughs> Donkey Kong just raging outside of the window, just right down to me. Hey, my fucking problem. I'm a fucking plumber. Yeah. What the <laughs> fucking tax dollars at work over here? Animal control, good deal, ape. <laughs> oh man, I always wanted Mario as Tony Soprano. That's that's been the that's been the dream, and now it's finally realized. It's happening. Yeah, I can't I can't wait for our C and D from Nintendo. It's gonna be great. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's a non-zero chance they are quick on those. Like, if ever there was a company, uh, we, we, can, can we uh, can we harass Disney? Because man, if, if we got if we went ad for Nintendo and Disney, maybe we could finally have some massive corporate giant like turn their gaze upon us. <laughs> They've yeah. got bigger fish to fry. Oh yeah. Maybe, maybe they'll be the one to cut us a check because by the time Elon Musk gets around to giving us one million United States dollars for not mentioning his deformed penis anymore, uh, he'll be out of money. He won't be able to. He won't be able to actually cover it. No, probably not. <laughs> Speaking of which, look at that subtle segue. I guess it's time for us to get into our amusey bushy. It's time for a light sampling of insanity. Get ready for the amuse bush. It's a me, amuse bushio. And it's time for us to talk about Elon Musk once again, I guess. Uh, it wasn't supposed to be our first boosh uh, item, but I did the segue. So, God damn it, here we are. Uh, so, Elon Musk has been on one, as he always is. He's been doing a bunch of weird shit. Um, so, I'm just going to turn it over <laughs> to Mike, and we'll, we'll, we'll go down with the, the important topics uh, of Elon Musk's continued like billionaire midlife crisis. Mike, what's going on with Elon Musk this week? Okay, so the thing, the first thing off the top of my head was that he edited the the sign outside of Twitter's corporate offices to be Titter because he's three years old and Titter is hilarious to him. I don't get it. Yeah, Yeah. there's so many things he's doing that I can't even keep up with it anymore. And then the city, or the, either this, either the city or the people who own the building, basically told him he's not allowed to remove or block the W on Twitter, so that he can have his titter sign. So then, as the giant man baby that he is, he had the W matte painted to like fit the background of the rest of the sign, so it's hard to see it. So he got his titter sign. Uh, but he had to work hard to achieve it because, boy, that joke, it hits so hard. You have to invest all that time and effort to achieve it. It's it's truly incredible. 
I just wonder all those people like Iron Man, Star Trek, Rick and Morty. I mean, I know Rick and Morty's got their own shit going on, but all of these shows that put Elon Musk either in as a guest or mentioned him as one of the visionary geniuses of mm-hmm. Amer- of world history. Boy, in like 20 years, those those shows are going to look really fucking dated. It's going to be so and be like, wow, there was a period of time where people liked Elon Musk and thought he was awesome? That is so fucking bizarre. <laughs> Star Trek Discovery is already getting uh, a tiny bit dragged for, like, the the captain of their the ship that is the, the main character uh, is just like, it mentions the visionaries throughout history in the Star Trek universe. And since they're, like, a little bit our universe, he's like, Elon Musk, and it's back when he was just doing rockets, and it's like, man, this hasn't aged well. Like, <laughs> yeah, I think I think Marvel got caught in that same trap. I think that his his portrait is on the wall someplace, and, and like a line of scientists, like up there with Albert Einstein and stuff, and it's just like, ooh, yeah. It turns yeah. out he's a fucking idiot. Yeah, <laughs> it turns out he's a big dumb moron. <laughs> yeah, it's, it is really wild. You would, it's. It's so crazy that you're just richer than God. You've achieved like this level of belief in you as being a visionary. You you would think you just keep your mouth shut and like just glide by on that reputation. Nope. Buying Twitter and turning into the world's richest 15-year-olds just absolutely cannot help myself. The app I mean I guess if there if there was more like if there was anything to be gained from it, I could see it. You know what I mean? Like if somehow he was making a bunch of cash on the back end or whatever you know because that's what billionaires like to do they like to get more rich uh like i could see there's definitely a niche for being the heel of billionaires right most billionaires most like hyper rich people are very boring like bezos doesn't really do anything richard branson doesn't really do anything like you know every once in a while they'll do like a big dumb publicity stunt like hey we're going into space ooh ah or whatever but generally they they keep pretty low profiles and just accumulate billions of dollars I do think there's a market out there for the the billionaire heel, but the problem is that Elon Musk is spending like so much of his capital to be the heel. It's like to what end? Yeah, and he's just being an idiot. He's just doing stupid stuff. Yeah, he's not like, doing anything evil really. So much as he is, well, I mean, minorly evil, but just like evil by way of stupid, like just just saying or like like you know commenting on somebody's wrong take about something. It's just like. <laughs> That is such a low level of villainy. Like, dude, you have you have hundreds of billions of dollars or whatever. If you're going to be a shitty dude, like, go Cobra Commander style or whatever. Yeah. Ha- have, like, an R&D department that's making you, like, like fucking laser cannons or whatever. He's, right. already, he's already blowing up mad rockets and making cars that run over children. That's pretty evil, right? <laughs> the problem is, is like, the, the rocket, the, like, the rocket thing is hard for me to dunk on him for because of all of the, like, the fingers he's got his, like, fucking shit, and, like, of all the pies he's got his fingers into, I should say, the rocket stuff is the stuff that is the most important. So it's, like, mm-hmm. having him, like, you know, be affiliated with a company that is trying, like, really hard to make it easier for us to get into and out of space, like, it's hard for me to just be, like, Boom, get fucked, losers. Oh, another rocket ship that couldn't manage to land. Oh, how dare you try to advance science, you fucking loser. Oh, got him. Like, I hate Elon Musk, but, like, that is important work. And he's not doing any of it. That's a billion other scientists and engineers. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, if, if everything I've read, he's getting in the way of it. Like, they, they had to, like, 
have distraction things for Elon to work on anytime he showed up at the office so he wouldn't bother them about the actual rockets. Now, conversely, self-driving cars, like, there's an argument to be made for the use case for it, but we definitely do not need that. So when one of those things goes haywire, it just starts plowing into pedestrians, then it's it's time for dunkings, because it's like, look, looks like just an engineer is responsible for this one. I know that you're just doing your job, but in this instance, the thing you're making, like, it's fixing a problem we don't really have. <laughs> if, if only we had people to drive all these cars. Like, yeah, I feel like... Yeah. I feel like the market determines how many cars are available to how many people. In fact, during the pandemic, I remember local car dealerships advertising, we have stock. That was their sales pitch because of like weird, like because of shipping madness due to COVID. Like it just be like, come to Jacksonville Motors. We have cars to buy. And people were like, oh shit. How decadent. <laughs> cars. Well, amazing. Yeah. I mean, there's going to be a huge growing pains period with uh self-driving cars but once everybody has them that's like traffic done all the algorithms can like figure that shit out and divert and everything but that's I, yeah I, I i mean that seems like uh that seems like some hundred years in the future type shit right there yeah because, I was gonna because say not only does 50. it require it requires the technology to get there then it requires a cultural push Adoption. yeah to become ubiquitous which just seems like it's the same sort of struggle that like all the heads up display stuff has, right? Like mm-hmm. there's a bunch of useful stuff you could do with a head, like a set of heads up display, anything. If somebody could manage to make one that doesn't look so dorky that people refuse to wear them, but that didn't stop Bluetooth back in the day for the record. Uh, but like the problem is even if the technology is there, you have to do something to change the culture to make it acceptable, including changing a bunch of laws. Cause people are just like, Wait a minute, doesn't that mean you can record me all the time? How am I supposed to know whether or not you're recording me? It's like, that's a fucking good call. <laughs> that's a good question, mate. Yeah. Yeah. The heads up displays and that kind of technology, it's it's weird because I just, you, I don't, I, Google Glass was a thing and it was like, oh shit. And then, like, wait a minute, people were like, why would we want to do this? This is, no, fuck Google Glass. It's dumb and bad. And, that's the the thing with Tesla is that it's kind of their stock price and and the company is based off this like vision that Elon's the super genius who's going to get us the self-driving car and nothing he's shown us in the past decade shows any inclination that that's actually going to happen that the that Tesla is going to be the ones that actually bring us the automated car that can do, get the job done and doesn't plow into the pedestrians or get into accidents or any of that. And you have, if they, if they can't do that, then all they have is electric cars. And now every company's in the electric car market. So Tesla's like the, the, the shiny toy nature of Tesla starts to diminish quite considerably once you're just sort of like, Oh, I can get a, a Ford electric car or a BMW electric. I don't need Tesla electric. Yeah. I, I feel like the actual car companies are, they, they got started real late, but they're, they're moving real fast. And anyway, th- this has been quite the fun tangent, but as- aside from renaming his company, uh, at least uh, on the, on the sign on the building to Titter, which I still don't get. What is it? Uh, I, I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> 
It's tits. It's boobs. It's oh, boobs. right. Boobs. That's hilarious. Oh, I love breasts. <laughs> I love big, 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 voluptuous breasts on a woman. So good. Uh, so, uh, what else has Elon been up to? Certainly, we're not just talking to him because he's been like petulantly changing the name of his company. He's uh, he also through- he, he also changed the name of his company to X. Apparently, oh, Twitter- means that's all he's been doing is changing the name of his company. <laughs> Yeah, so apparently Twitter no longer actually exists. Twitter is now part of X Corporation, and this has been his bizarre dream to turn Twitter into PayPal plus DoorDash plus social media plus everything else. But, uh, yo, Elon, Twitter isn't even Twitter anymore. It's not, it's not even a good social media platform at this point because you're just platforming neo-Nazis and other pieces of shit and hemorrhaging money left and right vertically integrate like some sort of crazy person and just have it be like if i see a tweet where somebody says something about a burrito then there's like a little button for me to click where i could DoorDash a burrito to me and pay for it through paypal is that like is that how he thinks he's finally going to squeeze money out of twitter because i don't think <laughs> that's going to Oh, that would be super awesome if, like, your For You tab was just literally people saying things that would then entice you into making a purchase via Twitter. Oh, man. Yeah, so so for all of us uh, Q disinfo people, what's up, we, we, we're dunking on some idiot for talking about, like, doing some sort of child trafficking. We can get a Wayfair lake. It'd be sweet. <laughs> like, do, oh. do you need a new cabinet for Wayfair? Pay for it with PayPal. <laughs> Oh man! I, if you, if you get the twelve month subscription for ivermectin, you save thirty <laughs> percent. Oh god! Customers also bought my pillow. <laughs> yes, yes. Oh god! If man, just whatever he's trying to do is just god. Uh, but the last thing that happened was he had an interview with uh, the B- the BBC where they talked about how NPR was leaving because Elon just, again, being a petulant piss baby, labeled NPR as, like, state-funded media, which they're, like, really not. They're they're not state-based media. They do independent reporting. Joe Biden isn't telling NPR what to say and what to do. It's That's not how this works. It's not, like, Pravda or Chinese government newspapers. It's none of that shit. But Elon's just like, I don't like NPR, so, yeah, you're a Mockingbird Media or whatever, and I don't have anyone who can make a Mockingbird Media tag, so you're state-based media. How do you like them apples? And basically, uh, from what I read from most people from the snippets, the, the interviewer really didn't know what was going on. Elon steamrolled the shit out of them. But the most important thing Elon did in that interview was declare that the stress of the constant criticism and negativity that he's been receiving from Twitter is not fun and it is hurting him. Oh, yeah. Which which is, um, guess what, Elon? When you tell the troll their trolling is working on you, you get trolled even harder. This was... When Elon bought Twitter, literally everyone was posting the meme of Roshak in the prison screaming that uh, I'm not locked in here with you. You're locked in here with me. And that's basically what's happened to Elon. He thought he would come in here and be like, hey, everybody, I'm Elon. Everyone loves me. And everyone's like, you fucking suck, Elon. You're a bum. And now he's like, no, I'm not. I'm not a bum. And it's like, no, that's welcome to the massive negativity of Twitter 24-7. And now... 
whenever you want to be the main character, Elon, you get to be the main character because you bought the fucking place. So if you want to do some dumb shit and get attention, it's all you. It's all yours whenever you want it. Whenever you want everyone yelling at you and calling you a dumb piece of shit, you paid $44 billion for that honor, for that right. <laughs> also, God, again, I just can't, I can't stress it enough, but fuck Grimes. She opted, <laughs> she opted into having a bunch of unprotected sex with this guy. Are you kidding me? And unlike a lot of his other people, like she was already like famous and wealthy. So she was she didn't need to be in it for any amount of money or security. And like, yeah, she somehow just seduced by this guy. <laughs> Are you fucking kidding me? It's like, God, like, man, the, the 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 rich truly do just live in a different universe than the rest of us. Yeah, it's it's, it's like I, I could have my I, I could have my choice of any rich guy, but this weird edge lord who's like borderline a Nazi, he he speaks to me. He is my muse. I wish to have his children. That's- for, for the record, it's like it is it obviously just is it a money phenomenon? I feel like we've all been at a party or social event. Where you could see like someone is hitting on another person by just spouting a bunch of gibberish, usually like fake philosophical gibberish or fake intellectual gibberish, and then like you're just like, oh my god, it's kind of working. How is like what what, what world am I in where this is kind of happening? How how is this going down like this? This is crazy. He's not saying anything. He, <laughs> he's he's telling you the plot of the Matrix. What is going on? <laughs> yeah. It- Meanwhile, on Twitter, he also labeled a bunch of uh, accounts as state media. Then he got a bunch of pushback and changed it to state-funded media, like that means anything. And uh, among them was NPR and the BBC. Uh, NPR has left Twitter because he wouldn't, like, correct it. And people, and people are treating that like a headline, but Twitter is such damaged goods right now that I'm not actually sure if it is. Yeah, it's just it's just like oh, it's like oh, NPR the, the longest in a string of people and or entities deciding that Twitter is just not worth fucking with anymore. That'd yeah. be like saying Twitter has left Gab. It's like really, oh my god, I'm so shocked. People don't want to do business with these these absolute scumbags. Guys, I'm here to break the news. NPR no longer on Rumble. They're leaving. They're like we yeah. hate Rumble. <laughs> and, I, i'm definitely ready for whatever comes after twitter yeah oh so and what may have come after twitter is a uh, substack creating notes which is basically a twitter a form of twitter on substack and elon responded to this by being a giant piss baby again and uh blocking and deactive making it so that you <laughs> couldn't you couldn't access tweets that had substack links in them and just doing everything he could to try to like just crush Substack's intrusion upon his market, which led to a lot of fun because uh, Musk lapdog and Twitter files creator Matt Talaby, uh, he's hardcore into Substack. That's where he gets all his money because he gets all the paid subs on Substack. And he basically went to Elon and was like, yo, Elon. Uh, I'm your boy. You gave me all that shit for the Twitter files that I then lied and told Congress you didn't. When I they were like, "Who's your source?" He's like, "I don't know. I ain't divulging." Uh, what are you doing with Substack? And Elon didn't. Elon ghosted him. Elon would not talk to him about the whole Substack thing. At which point, Teleby was like, "Well, then I'm done with Twitter. If you guys are gonna fuck with my Substack, because this is bullshit." And then one thing led to another, and Elon posted DMs between him and Talaby where they were, like, hashing it out over this whole uh, substack kerfluffle. And 
and and also on that BBC interview where Elon admitted the trolling is working, the Twitter files are now no more. There will be no more Twitter yeah, files. Yeah, buried them. <laughs> yeah, yeah Taibi is just like, what? I don't understand. Why was I betrayed by Elon Musk? And it's just like, what did you uh, think was going to happen? Also, if, if I saw those messages right, wasn't Elon Musk like, did he not even have the sack to own up to what he was doing? Yes. He's just like, I don't, I don't know what's going on. I'll look at, I'll run it up the flagpole and look into it tomorrow, bro. Totally. I'll, I'll see what's happening. It's such a weird glitch that's just all of a sudden targeted destroying Substack links. Yeah. <laughs> so random. Yeah. Who knew? Who knew? <laughs> And, and then you, and then, but then you've got the the people who are like coming to Elon's defense because, of course, they are. They're just being like, "Guys, at the new Twitter TOS, you know, it says that you can't use Twitter just to promote a different social media platform or whatever. So they're well within their rights to destroy all the Substack stuff. And fuck you, that's why. It's like, yeah, sure, but just because they can't do it doesn't mean it's a good move. Like, all it's going to do is keep more. Like, it's going to disenfranchise people like, even further, and they're just going to keep leaving Twitter. Yeah, right. And also, I would, I would love, like, personally, I would love to go to a place like Substack, where if people liked this, the stuff I was typing out to them, they could pay me money directly. That right. sounds like a pretty good way to do that. Right. Like, this is the thing. Like, Elon's talking about all this stuff. On Substack, you just literally have to hit a button and you can monetize. On Twitter, if you want to monetize your Twitter, you have to submit your Twitter account for approval. And I did that, like, I don't know, two years ago, long before Elon even bought it. And they were like, we'll get back to you. And I still look at my Twitter even now. And they're like, yeah, we're still your, – your monetization option is still pending. I can go on Substack right now and put a like a paid subscription off option on my Substack and I could do that. So it's like if you're trying to make money off social media, Twitter blows for that option whereas Substack not does not blow. Substack actually good. So the trying to keep people away from the monetization platform when you don't offer it yourself seems like the most the most incredible losing battle of all losing battles. It's like Oh, you're going to run me off to the platform where I can make money? What a tough call this is. Holy shit. It's part of how, I mean, it used to be hard to get monetized on YouTube, but that's how a lot of people ended up there. They had mon- they had paths to monetization. Uh, yeah, I mean, like, like the, the idea of a Substack, like, sort of model where you can, like, you know, effectively tweet to a large audience for free and then just be like, hey. If you like what I could do with like 250 characters, but imagine what I could do with an unlimited amount of ink, like give yeah. me some money and hear my long form like stuff. I'll tell I'll tell you why the why the Speed Racer movie secretly sucks, no matter what people tell you these days. <laughs> On that we disagree. Right, I know <laughs> I said that, that was mostly over. for you. <laughs> I I don't have to stand here for this abuse. Uh, uh, but, uh, but we could debate that. We could debate that on the Bernie <laughs> Substack yeah. in text form. Yeah. It is way and, too long. And you, and, and you can sign up for seven ninety nine a month to find out why Speed Racer may be good or bad. You can get both Sarge and L's take on that. It's going to be incredible. The problem is, to take people's money, I feel like I would be on the hook to commit to doing content. To, to making which content. Just, which is just yeah. so impossible at the moment. Yeah. Which is funny, because <laughs> I know people who are way, way busier than I am that manage to get it done, but... I don't know. I guess I'm just a big stupid loser. Anyway, <laughs> uh, speaking of big stupid losers, let's let's be let's be done talking about Elon Musk for the week. Uh, we'll get back to him next week. He'll I'm be sure. back next week. Don't you worry. Yep.
But we, we we have other we have other big stupid losers to talk about. And, and this week, uh, somebody who like I, I didn't think we were going to be getting big headlines about uh, what, what's her first name, Laura or Lauren yeah. Loomer? Laura. Laura, Laura yeah. Loomer. She's coming. In, she she she's running out to the ring like the ultimate warrior, demanding our attention, and uh, she's bringing a bunch of caddy infighting with her. So, Mike, uh, what, remind the folks who the fuck is Laura Loomer? And why are we talking about her this week? So Laura Loomer is a right-wing grifter. She is a conspiracy theorist. She's done info work with InfoWars. She's aggressively anti-Muslim. She is an attention seeker of the highest levels. She was one of those clowns who, like, uh, crashed the performances of Julius Caesar when Caesar was being portrayed by Donald Trump and his assassination scene was Trump being assassinated. This was the same theater troupe that did it with Obama when Obama was president. And again, the moral of Julius Caesar is assassinating the leader because you think that was going to fix things is wrong and bad because those guys lost. And then Caesar's kid became a dictator and killed them all and ruled Rome with an iron fist. Look, you can't expect them to pay attention to read, listen to, or know what that play is about. History. <laughs> they yeah. just hate it. They yeah. just hate it because they it, it's it, because Trump is about to get shivved or whatever right exactly yeah. they see their orange god about to be shivved on stage and it makes them sad even though if they'd shown up a couple years previously they would have seen their hated kenyan usurper also suffer the knife and they probably would have roared of approval had they watched that but uh so so she's done all this shit she handcuffed herself to one door at twitter's headquarters back in the day <laughs> And people just went around her and used the other door to get in and out. And then after a few hours, cops unhandcuffed her and she left. Uh, but And she's unsuccessfully run for Congress a couple times. Uh, the last time, it, in 2022, she ran in a incredibly red district where basically she was trying to Marjorie Taylor Greene that shit, where if she won the Republican primary, she was going to win the general because no shot that the, these people were going to vote for a Democrat, even when their Republican option was Laura Loomer. But yeah. um, she did lose to the incumbent Republicans, so that dream uh, failed. Um, so Loomer, uh, rumor has it, is that Trump wants her on the 24 campaign. And this led to a lot of people freaking out because, again, she's terrible and a lightning rod for controversy. <laughs> and of all Fucking people... Yeah, of all people, uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene came out with a uh, tweet that said, Laura Loomer is mentally unstable and a documented liar. She cannot be trusted. She spent months lying about me and attacking me just because I supported Kevin McCarthy for speaker and after I had refused to endorse her in the last election cycle. Note, there's definitely a phone, there's definitely audio of her saying, we need Laura Loomer, vote for Laura Loomer. So Marjorie was definitely on the Loomer train before she was not on the Loomer train. Um she loves the alleged FBI informant and weirdo Nick Fuentes. Oh, take that, Fuentes. You're a fed. Boom. That's that's her attack on Nick Fuentes. Not Holocaust denier. Not virulent racist and white supremacist. No, he's a snitch. I just love I just love the things Republicans think are bad and the things they ignore that are actually really bad. And uh, then finally, she tried to get hired on the Yee campaign. Again, not going to bring up the anti-Semitism there. That's all fucking he is known for now. Uh, after the infamous Mar-a-Lago dinner, but Kanye West refused to hire her, so now she's running to Trump. Never hire or do business with a liar. Liars are toxic and poisonous to everything they touch. I'll make sure he knows. So Marjorie is going to snitch to Trump that Loomer is bad news, and he needs to stay far away. 
so I, I saw this. Did this escalate into some spicy Twitter drama? Did, did some did some fellow show up to start white knighting for uh, for Laura Loomer? <laughs> oh yeah, there's there's all kinds of comments both ways. And then but, Loomer... but this is like a specific guy, right? It was like Ali something, Ali. Uh, oh, Ali, he... Ali Alexander. He's the uh, he's he's the stop the steal guy. He was he was the guy who got the actual permit. He basically lied about the size of the crowd they were supposed to be getting but he got one of the permits for january 6th for the protests right and so and ali is also an info warrior he works with alex jones so of course he's going to have loomers back of course he's going to be uh, on team loomer in this situation because um they're work partners they <laughs> they, they, they 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 shared blood sweat and tears on the Infowars desk lying about the world so that they that Alex can sell his water filters and dick pills i mean okay so what what do you mike raids think the odds are that trump chooses laura luber as his vp pick ah vice president oh my god I don't think that's even possible. I don't think that she rates that high in Trump's inner circle or in Trump's bizarre little brain. But is that, is that not what the rumbly dumbly is over this? Because doesn't MTG <laughs> think that she's going to get that spot? Because I seem to remember hearing, and, and again, like I'm like of the three of us, I'm the most disconnected from all of this. Mm-hmm. But I seem to remember hearing at one point that somebody had convinced Trump that picking a woman was a good idea for his VP pick, which got MTG salivating because she's just like, hey, yeah, I'm like she, she's one of the meme. most just, visible, mm. like, you know, cisgendered women. women because I don't believe trans people exist. And if they do, I think they should be killed. And uh, so I have to be that pick, right? But then here comes Laura Luber, again, running to the ring <laughs> like the ultimate warrior. <laughs> just when you think you're safe. Oh, the ultimate warrior come. And uh, and she's supposed to be sliding it like the, the 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 rumors that I've been seeing is that people think she's trying to position herself to be Trump's uh late token lady vice presidential pick. Mm. That that would be incredible in this because man, uh, <laughs> she, she would once again be a reason why I would get interviews from the New York Times if Loomer was the VP pick. <laughs> if, if, if Loomer is even a public face of the campaign, I mean, oh my god, it's such a bad look because she is just such a re- reprehensible like sack of shit. Um, well, okay, so in that case. We all know that Donald Trump is a super hyper aware genius with massive <laughs> hands and that he's playing fifth dimensional Big chess. Hands. So assuming that he thinks that he cannot win an election, do we think that he's 5D chessing it? And he's just like, if I choose a poison pill as my VP candidate, I can lose and just chalk it up to my VP candidate being some sort of horrible monster and be <laughs> able to sort of wash my hands from it. That if that's the case, then the, the Luber would be a great choice. She's somehow more reprehensible than MTG. That would be incredible. Man, I if, if Trump actually had it in him to come up with a way to excuse his uh, his defeat ahead of time, that would be that would be perfect. But he the thing is, is he's created so many excuses already. That, yeah. Uh, we've got, we've got the fake media. We've got the mail-in ballots from the mules. Oh, but that just means that he loves excuses. He he can't wait to stack up excuses. He's happy to have like and like throw another excuse on the fire, man. You know he he can't wait. 
it's it's possible. It's absolutely possible, and that would be hilarious. So. We, we, because we all know that he's a genius, and, and and it's certainly not the fact that the sad reality is that if he chose somehow Luber to be his VP candidate, it would be because he's just like an actual moron. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, he is. Uh, yeah, the, Trump himself, and I will. We, let's let's go to Trump shit. Let's smoothly segue to that whole thing because that we're talking about our beloved Orange Boy. Uh, oh well, that, my well that, that's a headline, so that's going to require a, a biggity biggity bump. Oh right, I got to do that thing where I play the bump. Oh man! From the digital headlines to the digital front lines, it's cues in the news. Boom. Yeah, headline number one: Trump shit, boo, hiss. Yes. Like segue to have to talk about this fucking cloud every week uh, yep. until until he or we die. So. <laughs> well, I think actually it'll probably be after the twenty twenty four election when he actually loses his juice. I will, much like Tucker Carlson, have the doe eyed fantastical belief that after this election we won't have to talk to him about him anymore. Which was what Tucker was saying, like right before January sixth. He's like, "Oh man, once Biden gets sworn in, Trump's yesterday's news, and we're all free of that ogre moron." Smash cut to Tucker having to do an interview with Trump this week, and whole it is incredible to me. Every Trump media appearance is just wilder and more out of control than the previous one. The man is whatever marbles he had previously are they're rapidly leaving his brain. He is a marbleless moron. It is wild the conversations he has. The in his defense, he can basically say anything <laughs> and suffer <laughs> no consequences. That's the thing. It's so awesome. Is you just listen to this guy talk, and then you're just you just look at Trump supporters, and you're like, listen to this fucking idiot. And you're like, yeah, telling it like what it is, saying what needs to be said. Trump. He's like, he's he's talking about dogs in Afghanistan. What do you mean? What he's talking about? And he's like, he he just gets on these streams of consciousness where he forgets what the last sentence was. He basically. He says a sentence. He says another sentence in context to the first sentence. He forgets what the first sentence was and only remembers the second sentence. Now we're just off and off to the races from the second sentence on because he was just like, yeah, Biden did a terrible job of that withdrawal in Afghanistan. It was awful. He left our troops there. He left all these dogs there. All these poor dogs, they were all abandoned. And then people would ask me, they'd come up to me and say, Donald, what happened to all those dogs in Afghanistan when the, we left? And I I know that I saw lots of headlines after our withdrawal from Afghanistan about the dogs. It was just America's great topic. What happened to the dogs of Afghanistan after America left? Yeah, See, they were just like, is it true that the dogs were let loose into the desert wilderness? And he was just like, I don't know that. And then they were just like, Donald Trump, who let the dogs out? genuinely what the fuck is he talking about we definitely brought all our military dogs back like or did we yeah <laughs> no, I, that big if true big yeah. if true i love the idea that like soldiers who have just been working with these like like canine companions or whatever for like years are just gonna be like okay well all right buddy just off and just yeah <laughs> can't you say we don't watch you anymore we, we famously there's a stupid like uh, Hallmark movie about how this one soldier got a bill passed so that the soldiers that care for the military dogs get 
first right to adopt them when they're retired. Like it's well, a yeah, law. but that's all, that's all, that's only for the soldiers who don't choose to release them into the Afghan. Yeah, order. send them, <laughs> set them loose, and then they become like, Afghan like, hounds. That's yeah, how you, we got you, Afghan. You hounds. were empowered to make the decision yourself. It's part of your military training. What the fuck? I hadn't heard him ramble on about dogs. I try not to listen to anything Trump says. So, uh, honestly, the thing is, is that like I have become a connoisseur of Trump media in the last like few months because it's just um, everyone, I would say from 2020 on, basically there were all these people that were doing this blue and on conspiracy bullshit about how Trump's got crippling dementia and he'll be in a nursing home in a couple months. And don't you worry, the orange monster won't hurt us anymore. And, I had, there were guys out there that were like, Trump isn't even going to make it through the 2020 election. He can't handle it. His dementia is too intense. And now we're, it's 2023, and they're like, oh, that dementia, it's getting to him. But the thing is, is that he really is becoming less cognitively aware as things go on. Like, just the way he talks is just so bizarre. He, and the videos that he does that get posted on truth social from like the Trump 2024 campaign. Uh, he had that one where he literally was like, Hey, I passed this farm bill so that when you die, you can give your kids their farm. Unless you hate your kids, then fuck them. Don't give yeah. them the farm. I, and that was the, a fact, weird one. the fact that they kept that and, and they, and they have these videos where he just, goes on these rants and then the video just ends out of nowhere. And then there are videos where that shit happens and there's cuts. So literally they got like five minutes and they're like, fuck, we can use 90 seconds of this. And even that is really dicey. And then some like Jared or someone in the campaigns, like Trump wants the video up by seven o'clock post a video. And they're like, fuck. Okay, great. Here's 90 seconds. I hope he's happy. And the last 45 seconds are Trump just basically being Grandpa Simpson talking about, back in my day, we would say five Bs for a quarter and blah, 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 blah. And then the <laughs> Trump 2024 campaign swoosh comes flying in to get him off screen as quickly as possible. Did you see his his incredible happy Easter message? His, his, I, his all, uh, all, all caps happy he, Easter truth. Well, yeah, yeah, it was yeah. so great. He was just like, "Happy Easter to everyone!" Even those lying, cheating Democrats who totally stole the election. It was so great. <laughs> he just ramps up to the same bullshit. Uh, like I, every holiday, it's gonna be like, "Happy yeah. Arbor Day to everyone," but especially to AOC, who I hate because she's a liberal. And liberals are bad for the following reasons. Yeah. It's just like, wow, what a lunatic. On on Easter, he truthed out World War Three. No context, just yeah, literally I saw World that War one. Three. Just what? like, like yeah, uh, Happy Rise of the Messiah and the 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 literal reason why we have Christianity, the greatest religion in the world. I Donald Trump believe in Christianity totally. I'm a deeply Christian man. The, the, the Bible is my favorite book, but please don't ask me what my favorite part is because all yeah. I, I, all I will be able to say is all of it. All of it. It's all just such a great book. It's just yeah. I, I get you, you. How can you only choose one part? <laughs> I just because <laughs> they're just like no. Like if I had to press you to say name even a single part of the Bible, what would you say? And it's just like I would he say that the, the part whole where thing a daughter great. sleeps with a father. I oh, dude, he's like yeah, yeah. The the, the part after Lot escapes, <laughs> uh, fucking Sodom and Gomorrah. 
that he's like, that part is real juicy. Yeah. <laughs> Big fan. Yeah. I'm trapped in the wilderness with just his daughter, and they have to repopulate the earth somehow. What a heroic story. <laughs> my, my favorite part of that is just the comparison you have, you have all these jesus freaks who are like trump the man of god and all this stuff joe biden is the most religious president we've had in a dog's age like that mm. dude is in church every sunday he had the ash on his forehead for ash wednesday because he's a practicing catholic i mean like joe biden is a guy that is like literally like like hardcore takes the Bible to heart, Irish Catholic. And these people are like, Joe Biden, monstrous pedophile, godless heathen, lover of Satan, Donald Trump, who couldn't name a Bible passage, gave him a billion dollars, man of Jesus. Actual, yeah. actual, like the, the, the lineage of the prophets goes Jesus, then Trump. That's just the way this works. God God works through imperfect men. They love saying that. That's one of their favorite things to defend Trump is God works through imperfect men. So yeah, and they're just like, oh wow, well then Jesus must have been very imperfect. Yeah, and and then they 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 start beating you. They're beating you about the head and face. They're like, how dare you talk about our muscular white lord? Then smoke comes out of their ears, and they just keep saying, "Does not compute." Oh my! Some uh, one QAnon promoter I saw this week had a thing where he was like, "Jesus, Jesus was not brown and he was not Jewish. Do not buy into Jewish propaganda." It had links to shit, and it's like he, Jesus was Middle Eastern. He was brown. That's how that works. You're, 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 the environment dictates your skin color, and people in the Middle East are brown because if they're not, they get skin cancer and they die very quickly because white skin doesn't work out there. It, it's no bueno. But if you're the son of God, it, the then Bible, obviously of brass, it describes you would be white. Him. Obviously, <laughs> yeah. you would be white. Like yeah. if you're the son of God, you're supposed <laughs> to look like your father, and your father is God, and God is clearly white. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Christian God looks weirdly like Zeus. Don't talk about it. <laughs> well, he's just yeah. got he's just got all the hyper masculine traits of being Caucasian and male and having a big a big white bushy beard. A great big bushy beard. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, floating on a cloud with some lightning bolts or whatever. I don't know what you're talking <laughs> This Zeus comparison is really out of pocket. <laughs> yeah. going crazy. What, what, going on a real limb there, Sarge. That's quite a reach. I'm not sure if I'm buying this shit. But yeah, hey, yeah, uh, Sarge. I don't know if you've seen people from Greece, but they're not white. I mean, <laughs> get out of here. It's crazy for you to assume that that would be. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> so beyond that, uh, then Trump also in these interviews uh, mentioned that there are two N words you can't say, and then somehow use the word nuclear to describe one of those N words. <laughs> yeah, and wow. I, I, I did even... see a bold headline <laughs> that simply quoted Trump as saying, I, I, I th- or like, it was like paraphrasing or whatever, probably not quoted, but it was just like, I think nuclear is the N word. And I was just like, that's not your call, mate. Yeah. <laughs> like, you, you were allowed to factually point out that it is a N word. Yeah, it is one of the words that begins with N. Very good like, job on identifying that that word starts with an N. That's yeah, good. I mean, you really the speak and spell lessons have really paid off. But yeah. like the, the the capital T the N word is spoken for, mate. Yeah, like yeah, I'm the I'm the I'm the new I'm the new uh, Chicago Bulls number twenty three. How's it going? And it's just like, no, you're no. not though. No. But not. you're but you're not that funny. 
<laughs> but that's not you, Fred. No. <laughs> uh, yeah. So uh, the thing about that is that's really funny in the, the dark sense is the man who indicted him in New York, Alvin Bragg, is black. So I just wonder, th- there has to be this thing in the back of his head where he's like, I really want to say that about Bragg. I really want to hit him with it. But they're telling me I'm not allowed to. Oh, I guess I'm going to talk about the N word being nuclear, but urgh. so man, like there, there's just going to be a day where the, the he's just on so many drugs, all the he's because he, the Adderall sniff is back and it is more powerful than ever. But um, he's just going to be on a stem winder on the trail and he's going to bring up Alvin Bragg and it's going to be one of those moments where all his campaign aides are going to be like, "Don't do it, don't do it." Because if he ever did actually say it, oh man, would that crowd be happy? Oh man, <laughs> oh god, You're not I love it. I mean, it would certainly be a, a nuclear level disaster for him politically. Like, I don't even think that he could get away from that one. <laughs> yeah, but he, he certainly does love playing with fire right now. He's just like, you know what? I'm going to do to really spice up my talking points. I'm going to start flirting with the idea of using the N word, kind of. And it's just like, don't do that. Just please. No, don't do that. <laughs> no, no, don't do that. Yeah, like there's like some like some Republican bigwig. It's like Donald. Like you are, you're hard capped at like forty six percent of the electorate. That's what you got against Hillary. And the Electoral College gave you a W. That's what you got against Biden. And the Electoral College told you to fuck off and die. So you're hard capped at like forty six percent. So you're probably going to lose. But we would like to have a chance to win the Senate and maybe hold the House. Please do not actually use the N-word and crush the Republican Party by labeling us as the party of open and proud racists. Do not make Ted Cruz and the rest of us have to defend (laughs) the fact that you just said that at a rally. And Trump's just sort of like, but what if I did say it? No, 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 Trump. uh, Hi, uh, Mysterious L here. I'll I'll field this one, boys. Uh, Look, uh, look, Mr. Trump, or can I call you Don? Look, Don. As a Caucasian fan of hip-hop music who at one point was between the ages of 12 and 19, I can tell you that you get really excited when you start hearing, like, if I pronounce the word ninja correctly, I can sort of get close enough to the goal eye without stepping over it. And that's a very exciting time because that word that you can't say comes up a lot. But I am here to tell you from personal experience, because we have all made this mistake, you do not want to go down that rabbit hole, mate. <laughs> There's no reason to play with that fire. Leave that fire alone. That fire is not for you. That is a it's different person's fire. It. That, yeah, it is not worth it at all. Uh, I recommend Fellow. And don't put any stank on it either. Fellow with a hard <laughs> W. Because you can never mistake that word for anything else that's out of pocket. And it makes you sound like a proper gentleman when you're rapping along to your favorite songs. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it, so he is I would have sorry to interrupt. I want to see him get no. out there, and I want him to be like, there are two F words. And I'm just like, dude, I can get behind that. Yes. <laughs> so there are three F words. I don't want you to say any of them. <laughs> Uh, so that all happened. And previous to that, he had an interview with Sean Hannity where Hannity was literally talking to him and trying to give him the talking points about what to say and do vis-a-vis these documents. And Hannity was like, you're not the kind of the eye that would take these documents, right? And Trump was like, absolutely, I have the right to take the documents. Boom. Those documents, fuck yeah. And Hannity was like, let's move along. 
Let's yeah. you are literally implicating yourself in crimes. The prosecutors can literally play this tape to a jury during your trial <laughs> because this is a you I'm trying to help you and you're just stepping in like I'm literally like throwing a coat over the shit and then you're ripping the coat away and then stomping down on the shit. It's like what is wrong with you? Oh my god. Like like it's got to be so horrifying to be Republican leadership and just knowing that your fortunes are tied to this absolute drooling moron that's just running around like a three-year-old with a fork and, a, and just a wall of electrical outlets all around them. And it's just like, well, Timmy's eventually going to cook himself at some point. We just have to hope it's after the election, maybe. I mean, yeah, but I mean, you also you, you also get to, like, you know, sort of relish in the bliss that you only have to deal with it for 12 more months or whatever, right? Yeah. <laughs> Like it just it really is incredible to me that Ron DeSantis, everyone's like, oh, Ron DeSantis, the Republican hope, the next champion of of Republican politics. He's Trumpism without the Trump. He can uh, attack the woke people, but do it in a smart, like devastating manner where he understands the system and knows how to work to work things. And he's smoother and more polished. And literally, he's someone. It's a it's a poll I saw on Truth, so I don't take it with any real reality. But like Trump was had like fifty three percent of the primary vote, and head to head with DeSantis, it was like sixty five thirty five. And it's just like, oh my god! Um, Yeah, I had myself on beat there. Yeah, that's what we call a tainted sample group. Oh, it uh, is, but it, it was it was like they they grabbed it wasn't it wasn't their poll it was like from some group it could have been Rasmussen or something but I don't know where it came from. I don't know where they sourced it but they did have it so like that was happening and it's just I I, I just cannot believe the Republicans don't have another option that this is this is their boy and they're mm-hmm. stuck they're just. 100% cooked with this with this idiot and it's just it's just magical I mean, and and uh, Bill Barr even was like yeah when the federal indictments come down for those documents and we see that evidence probably going to hurt him in the general election yeah. <laughs> it's like, it, it already is from what I've seen he's like the, like there are still undecided voters out there I don't know how and uh, it turns out every time he gets indicted it it pulls poorly with undecideds. Okay, I have to stop you guys there for a moment just to address the elephant in the room. Like, in case the audience can hear it, because I can. Is it is this is somebody chainsawing in the background of one of your houses? There's a, there's a bunch of guys working with buzz saws in the condo, like, two down from me. That's why I keep muting and unmuting myself. No, that's fine. I, just, I, like, I, I, I had heard it, and I was just like, in case other people could hear it, I will address it. But also, yeah, I need to stop talking about Trump, because we need to move on. There's uh, construction going anyway. on in my uh, uh, condominium, in my uh, apartment complex. It's cool. Dude, so, sun's out, chainsaw's out. I've always said yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> Let's get signed. Yeah. Uh, okay, so uh, headline number two for the week. Uh, this I don't know anything about, unlike the Donald Trump shit, which I can't escape even if I wanted to. God, uh, how I wish I could. Uh, the Daily Beast. I don't know what's going on with the Daily Beast. Mike, why are we talking about the Daily Beast? So the Daily Beast had a report, which I, tr- I'm, I'm, my mind is blown because I clicked on the article and the source for this article, the man that is being interviewed as the person, the expert in question, is Stephen Jarvis, who 
if you're deep into the weeds in this shit and uh so like right now 12 people who like follow me know what's going on steve jarvis is like the right hand man of our boy Stu, our boy Stu anon um so Jarvis is one of these guys who is running harassment campaigns against Mike Rothschild, Cassandra Seven, and various and sundry other people who are just like, yo, Stu, you're you're a fucking clown and your whole Michael Flynn is Q, and if you don't believe that, you're a deep state psyop bullshit, bargle, give me money. And So Jarvis wrote an uh, basically got interviewed by this reporter from the Daily Beast and was talking about how he was the target of a harassment campaign by um, Conspiratoro Nerudo, who is a this he is a guy that he he flags uh, bot networks. He he actually does real work in this field to monitor disinformation and people that are using disinformation and using these bot networks to push disinformation on social media and get it out there. Mm -hmm. And they were claiming that he was actually part of this bot network that DeSantis was using to peddle misinformation, which is not true. He is a monitor. And also Jarvis was attacking Cassandra Seven as being part of DeSantis's operation to try to besmirch actual researchers and fact checkers like he, Steve Jarvis. And none of this is fucking true. This reporter got taken for a ride. Part of the article was Stephen Jarvis talking about how his four-year-old child was um, being used in some sort of bizarre child exploitation um ad campaign where these people were using the child in this sexually explicit way and i don't know if steve Jarvis actually has a child but the the child in question here is fake it is a gan generated ai not human being that was created to look like a human being but is not real so that child is not a real thing stephen jarvis made them out of whole cloth and gave them to the reporter and the reporter bid on it so uh Right now, the article has been edited to remove oh, all weird. of the consp- yeah everything every reference to conspirator has been removed, but all the attacks against Cassandra Seven remain, and just it, it is super shitty that uh, the Daily Beast, which is supposed to be a reputable um, news uh, online news agency, got taken for a ride by one of uh, the Thinking Project's grifter bros who managed to portray himself as a victim and other anti-QAnon debunkers as his attackers who are working on behalf of Ron DeSantis. So, uh, poor form, Daily Beast. Uh, Yeah, that was great. Um, My one last little thing about Stephen Jarvis that I love was I saw back in the day, one of his things was attacking somebody about, oh, you're not that smart and I'm very smart. And his way of proving that he's very smart was stating that he was on the Magic the Gathering Pro Tour. Oh. That he made it all the way to the pinnacle of Magic the Gathering. Wait a minute. Is this the guy named Jarvis that we're still talking about here? Yeah. Yes. Oh, my God. I believe that this fellow may post on a uh, forum that I go to. We could talk about this more off the air. <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, but yes, yeah, so we'll put, put a pin in that one for just for us. 
Yeah, uh, but that that is uh, <laughs> that is wild. Uh, but I was just like, why do I why do I recognize that name? Oh, now I know why I recognize that name. Uh, and and just for the record, uh, his record on the Pro Tour that he was so proud of having achieved is a blistering 14 wins, 22 losses, and one draw. So nice. He, Pretty close to 500, which is uh, impressive for... Oh, wait, what? That's not close to 500? Oh, no, not the slightest. <laughs> Yikes. A, a, a cool... Like, I, I win one out of every like, four matches I play or whatever. Good, good stuff. I also love uh, I, I love the, the mentality of people who think that they're intelligent to just be like, yeah, like, I need to tell you how smart I am. And I have the receipts to prove it. Here are my dumb receipts. And it's just like, you know what the hallmark of being really intelligent is? Is not needing to prove it by yelling, I'm smart at people. Like, generally, like, all the all the hyper-intelligent people I know are just sort of like, they just carry themselves in a way that indicates that they have intelligence because they make appropriate decisions. And, you know, like... Yeah, they blow, up, they blow up rockets and buy social media networks because their wife left them. <laughs> oh man oh if only steven jarvis would be even worse than uh elon if he ever got his hands on a couple billion dollars oh my lord anyway uh the last news <laughs> item for the week before we move into our succulent mailbag uh we're, we're going to touch briefly on uh the old tennessee three which i believe has been shortened to the tennessee two as it should have been the whole time because yeah you know, wh- wh- while I appreciate that the third one did acknowledge that the color of their skin uh, played probably some factor in the fact that they do- still have their job, uh, they they don't give... T- th- th- there's no three. It's only two. So, Mike, <laughs> let's talk about the Tennessee two real quick. I'm yes. Sure, I'm, I'm, sure, I'm sure QAnon, the GOP, and everyone's favorite conservatives all had uh, a pretty measured response to this. <laughs> so, uh, for for people who maybe don't know what we're talking about, uh, give us a quick rundown and then tell us why the fuck we're talking about it. Okay, so what we're talking about is the fact that in Tennessee, there was a push for gun control laws after a mass shooting in Nashville killed six people. And during these events, there were protests at the uh, at the state congress and... The Republicans decided to pull a sort of, oh, you're doing it January 6th and declared that three of the three of the Democrats, uh, Justin Jones, uh, Justin Peterson and Gloria Johnson had incited these crowds to potentially do bad things, even though no bad things actually happened. It was possible bad things that could have happened. It was like mind crime. It was a mind insurrection. It was. It was a uh, thought uh, attacking of the thought storming of the Capitol that happened here. So um, QAnon was very much uh, basically every time there was a protest anywhere in America now where like uh, a bill trying to strip trans people of their rights is being passed or uh, another a bill to criminalize certain levels of abortion or all abortion. If, if there's if there's anything that a Republican a Republican run state is is doing to fuck over minorities or women, uh, and then a protest is made by those women or minorities or by allies of women and minorities, immediately the right's like, oh, this is January sixth, they should be all arrested, they're storming, and it's like mostly people just waving American flags and screaming, we have rights, fuck you, stop taking our rights away. Well, yeah, but they were smashing windows with the flags, right? 
Oh uh, no, they they actually weren't. Okay, okay, but they were attacking police officers with fire extinguishers. No, <laughs> uh, I didn't see that. I'll have to check, but I don't think so. Oh, okay. No, well, they, I mean, I'm bad. sure that there were other ways in which it was like January 6th. I'll just try to. I'll, <laughs> yeah. I'll try to think of some. Yes. <laughs> Uh, they, they did not take shits on senators or congresspeople's desks. They didn't steal a laptop from the Speaker of the House. The, the, none of the, but it's possible. I mean, it's a, we're, we're working on it. But um, so after this whole hullabaloo, the Tennessee State Congress, which were by Republicans, decided to expel the two black guys that were part of these quote unquote mind insurrections. But the white woman who was a part of it didn't get expelled, which was aggressively on the nose for the Republicans. Just yeah. like to me, it's like if you're going to do this shit, you've got to go whole hog and throw all three of them out. Because when you only throw the two black guys out, that's that is really wild. It doesn't like, look so great. No, no, it doesn't. It's like, yeah, we had the votes to get rid of the two black guys, but the white woman don't know why. Couldn't find the extra couple extra votes we needed to get rid of her. So weird. Who knows? Uh, it's worth noting, uh, Representative Jones has already been put back in his seat by a special session of his district's voting committee. Um, yeah, yeah, basically, yeah, basically, some state, uh, some city entity that had the power to do that has reappointed him to the seat. And you can't be expelled for the same thing twice. So he's he's back, and and they, all they've done, like all they've done, is make all three of these people, but mo- but mostly the two black representatives, national names, like giving them massive platforms. It's it's really funny to me because I've looked at Tennessee in, in, and I'm just like I mean I mean I, Nashville's once you have a bigger city you get liberal just by osmosis yeah so like Nashville's kind of liberal but I've always looked at Tennessee and been like the only person we could ever get to win a Senate seat there is like Taylor Swift Taylor Swift would have to <laughs> give up her life of decadent wealth to become Senator Swift for us to flip a seat there but it's like hey Republicans. Please do this shit. Please, please try to elevate these very well, these just very intelligent, very articulate guys that have handled themselves in the national spotlight very well. Please, yeah, oh please. my god, the, yeah. like, the speeches they were giving, like, dude, like I was getting fired up listening to them, and I'm not a member of Gen Z like they are. Like the the Republican Party could not have fumbled the bag on this one any harder. They were just like, we don't like what you're doing, and as a punishment, we're going to elevate the two of you to superstar status in your base overnight. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. It's like now I, now I can actually dream of someone actually working through the political system in Tennessee and like winning statewide office and actually being a Senator or something like that. And the best part is because the fact that they could just get reappointed or whatever, it was just like a road. It was just like a, like a, like a, like a speed bump on the road. It it wasn't like a roadblock. they're just like, oh no, we like we have to deal with like a this minor inconvenience. But I guess while we're here with a national spotlight on us, uh, I guess we'll carry ourselves with like insane decorum and, and greatness, and immediately <laughs> everyone will know who we are and how we roll. It's like, <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah. sounds awesome. Yeah. yeah. God, yeah. So, uh, and and then to top this all off in the aggressive Republican soullessness of this all, the governor of Tennessee, a Republican, his last name is Lee. I don't know his first name because fuck him, he doesn't deserve that. 
he's actually signing executive orders to try to strengthen gun control because his wife knew somebody that was killed in that mass shooting. So when it actually hits home with these assholes, they start putting in work. When a bunch of kids get killed at Sandy Hook or Evaldi or whatever, it's the whole Michael Jordan fuck them kids thing. But when my wife knows somebody who died in a mass shooting, time to tighten up them gun laws. Time to try to try to fix some shit around here in Tennessee. It's like, oh my, the most self-serving, completely soulless party that exists in this world. It's just, they just can't help themselves. Just They have to show their asses 24-7. They can... And I, and I can't wait for that guy to get primaried and get attacked for being a rhino. And how dare you? There's going to be a Republican who's going to go against him. It's going to be like a gun in every home, gun, yeah. a gun everywhere. And that's the one little thing that makes me laugh about all this is I see so many like pro-life Republicans whining about, oh, we're getting killed in the polls over abortion. Like these women hating fetus worshiping lunatics they have to be so mad at the gun people because the gun people have had it this way for like 50 years where they've controlled the republican party all gun legislation gets destroyed and the american people generally turn a blind eye to it because people are like pro-gun control but they mostly vote on like the economy or other issues taxes this that the other thing like the the anti-gun people are not single-issue voters, whereas the pro-gun people will crawl across broken glass to vote for the Republicans because the gun is great. Whereas yeah, you are not wrong. Yeah, whereas like on the abortion issue, sorry people, the, the pro-abortion people, they can be single-issue voters. And that issue is if my daughter gets raped, I do not want her to have to carry a rape baby. Or I am that daughter. I don't want to carry a rape baby. So it's this thing where it's like, sorry, buddy, your issue actually like gets into everybody's homes and they turn out to vote against you because you're terrible and bad. Whereas the gun thing is kind of ephemeral unless it happens to someone in your family. And then, holy shit, we have to do something about these guns. Arr. Yeah, what, what, what are the odds somebody is going to be even second or third hand impacted by gun violence in America? <laughs> what is it like 87 percent or something so dumb well we're, we're working on it i mean that's the thing we're working like, like gen z will be voting for gun control because they are literally the like i'm in my 40s i was like around for columbine but if you're in your 20s now you're just like fuck these assholes holy shit fuck them yeah i mean for, for us it was like man remember when we were in school and there, there were like those one or two big high profile shootings that mm-hmm. shit was crazy and then like gen z is gonna like turn into adults that have voting power they're gonna be like man remember when we were terrified to go to school every day because it felt like sort of there was like a small percentage chance that every day was gonna be our last <laughs> as soon as we walked through those doors of our school we were just like ah oh, now we're trapped in this building it could die at any moment <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It was me thinks we're going to have a big wave of anxiety on the rise. I, I, yeah. the, the pharmaceutical companies are going to have a field day given. I think give they already are. The, there's that teacher uh, I don't remember where who got shot by a six year old, and she's suing the school district. And now the school district's trying to say, "Well, you're a teacher in America. It you should be like being shot is a is a real thing that can happen to you." So. It's a, it, like we sh- you shouldn't be able to sue us. It's just, it's just part of your job as a teacher in America. <laughs> it's like, 
No. Hey, you, you do the risk setting up to educate young yeah. children that you might get murdered by a gun. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's what you get. That's that's why every teacher makes a starting salary of $150,000 a year. Like, it's yeah. hazard pay. Yeah. Uh, that's why they get to live so fat. Those yes. fucking, those, those greedy teachers. Shut your gobs. You, you, <laughs> yeah. you, you, you receive your massive paycheck at your risk of getting shot by a six-year-old, and you like it. <laughs> Yeah, damn right. <laughs> anyway, take that, take that teachers. Somebody get, knocked them down a peg or two. Yeah, finally, somebody brave enough to come after fucking teachers. God, what a bunch of useless idiots these teachers. <laughs> <laughs> educate the youth so they can grow up to be adults who can function. Fucking idiots. <laughs> Boo. Those they're just plans. in it for the. They're like again. I'm just. I can't stress this enough. They're just in it for the huge amount of money. Yes, the massive pay that comes with being a teacher. Yeah. So good. God, everything about our country is broken, and teachers are saints. Uh, okay, let's move on to our mailbag. Our listeners got questions. We got answers. It's time for Q&A. Quick, quick little short bag of mail for the week. Mike, what do you got for us? Uh, Sub-Zero Shirt asks, uh, from the dog comm standpoint, what is the significance of tr- of Trump telling Tucker that they left all the dogs in Afghanistan? Any decodes? Uh, we haven't actually had that happen yet because... I forgot about dog comms. What a refreshing yeah, oh, reminder. Okay, so the, the dog comms is basically something that happened a million years ago where... Um, I think it was James Comey posted a thing about a dog yeah. that was named uh, that had the same name as George H.W. Bush's code name when he was president on the, for the Secret Service code name. And then Bush died like a week or two later. And people were like, oh, shit. Comey was letting everybody know that Bush was already dead. And then they revealed <laughs> it publicly later. So then yeah. dog comms, dog comms became a thing where if someone from the deep state posts things about dogs, it means someone famous is about to die soon. And because people are posting about dogs all the time and people are dying all the time, it's really not that hard to make that. Ah. It's really not that hard to fit. Like uh, Keith Olbermann, one of the people that QAnon loves to hate, is constantly posting about dogs that are in kill shelters that only have like a week or two left before they will be euthanized. And he'd be like, this beautiful dog's only got a couple weeks left. Please somebody come down to this shelter and adopt them. <laughs> and if if any if anyone wants to be uh, a, a mad, they can just literally go to Keith Orberman's timeline, find when he's talking about dogs that are basically on their way to the, the execution chamber and they can be like, Oh shit. Oberman's like making comms again. Something's going on here. Like I got uh, a couple weeks ago, there was a dog com and I saw a lot of cute on people were like, who is this for Jimmy Carter or Fetterman? Cause Fetterman had just checked himself in for depression. Oh, right. Yeah. Carter's in hospice care now. So they were like, Oh, one of those two is going to die soon. And Fetterman's coming back to Congress in a week. And, Carter is going to die soon because he's 1 million years old. So it's not a calm that the guy in hospice probably doesn't have long left on this earth. That and being also like almost a hundred because Jesus Christ, Jimmy Carter's old. But but, but certainly, certainly we can, we can make up a narrative for what the dog comms were. Oh yeah, we can we can invent whatever we want. I mean, the, yeah. So like Trump talking about the Afghanistan dogs is a sign that we are going to reinvade Afghanistan after Trump gets reelected president and then <laughs> like like I don't know, rebuild it better, stronger, faster from Biden's disastrous withdrawal that left Afghanistan weak and terrible and was awful and bad. Trump's going to do the right good thing, even though again, spoiler alert, the guy who was who signed the withdrawal documents was President Trump. 
not yeah. President Biden. Biden was merely fulfilling the vision President Trump had set forth. <laughs> yeah, but th- but that was before our honorable and mighty President Trump knew what was going to happen the moment we pulled out of the Middle East. Yeah, all those or dogs. Afghanistan. Yep, yeah. all those poor dogs in Afghanistan. Still the Middle East. You're good. Yeah, fucking... If if Trump had known how poorly Biden was going to handle the dog withdrawal, he never would have stood for it. Never. Yeah, and and also the Taliban immediately taking over or whatever. But the dogs, the those dogs. poor dogs. <laughs> the thing, the thing about that is, like, dogs are kind of like universally accepted as companions, and they're also useful. So I can just imagine, like, we abandon all these dogs and, like, the Taliban, like, takes over. And they're just like, oh, look, dogs. It's like the Taliban are like, the dog is the great, like, avatar of the evil, decadent West. We must kill the dog. I'm pretty sure the Taliban would be like, hey, we have dogs now. Maybe maybe our proud American dogs operated the shadows, uh, like, 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 like fucking, like, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, but just regular dogs. <laughs> like some, some like Taliban like guy just like patrolling the streets and he just like walks by this dark like entrance to an alleyway and then suddenly just gets dragged into it by some dogs. <laughs> Bat dog. <laughs> uh Pancake Peasant asks, is uh, Sergeant Hell going AWOL, the new Hellworld meta, or is this camo just too powerful for Hellworld's passive perception to overcome? I'm also the last month, you fuck. Also, fungus brains is my new favorite insult. Thanks for sharing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, how long does something have to be around for it to be the new meta? I would say that Sarge Missing Episodes is like an established recurring deck that is good depending on the day. Yeah. It's a tournament pick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like you know, sometimes if you if you just think uh, if you think nobody's no, nobody's paying their dredge tax, you just show up a dredge and just smash a modern tournament. It's like that. Yeah, yeah. You just, people aren't people aren't meted for you. People people thought your thing is not working anymore. Hey, if I don't see anyone getting ready to counter Galactus, boy howdy, do I switch into Galactus because he's dumb moronic fun. He's the shittiest, dumbest gimmick deck in the history of the universe. I love it. It's basically Marvel Snap's version of Frost Bloom or Tolerian Academy for me. I just love it. It's just a dumb combo that can be countered with a sneeze, but when it goes off, oh man, it's just like boom, got you, you, you feel, dumb moron. You feel great and they feel bad. Yes, exactly, exactly. The format of the statement that I'm about to make will make it seem sarcastic, but I assure you that it is not. I love that we have gotten to a point with Marvel Snap where all of the people that love it and want to play it can do that, but no one is talking about it in like the pop culture zeitgeist anymore. So I, yeah. somebody who does not give a fuck about it, could just ignore it. But like every time I like look over and someone's just playing a, a dorky game on their phone, especially when I'm like at the card shop or whatever, it's like you know I can flip a coin and it's probably like heads it's Marvel Snap, tails it's any other game, you know. So it's just like ah, oh, excellent, we've reached equilibrium. Yes. I mean, I'm I'm gonna try the DC one when that finally drops. Maybe it'll be funner. Yeah, I, I'm totally down for DC Duel or whatever they call it. So like, I'm Dual Force. Yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. down for Dual Force. Yeah. So uh, thank you for the question. Um, Snorlax CPAP says, "What's your take on Anonymous dropping a ton of info on GOP folks this week? Passwords, emails, uh, browser histories, the." Weird thing about Bobert's duck dick thing. Yeah, I, I almost brought this up at the Boosh, and I forgot that we ran a little bit long on the Boosh. So I'm glad that uh, I'm glad that we're getting to talk about it here. The mailbag. I mean, it's interesting if true. That's that's the thing about anonymous, anonymous and all their stuff, like especially a video like that. Like I could make a video like that and just be like, <laughs> Marjorie Taylor Green. Does the name 
dingle nuts mean anything to you? That's right. I've got you dead to rights. And like, what is she going to, how could she prove that dingle nuts doesn't mean something to her? You know what I mean? Like yeah. if she protests, it just makes her sound guilty. And if she admits it, all she's going to do is hoodwink me, the person who was lying about it at first. So like, it's just, you know, big if true, but they, they didn't pair it with any info. You know what I mean? Right. They were just like, oh, and here's like the Marjorie Taylor Greene sex tape of her cheating on her husband for the billionth time. And it's just like, oh, okay. Oh, wow. Okay. We've actually got some stuff here. Anonymous. What a bunch of laughs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just, um, I really didn't get into that that much because it's, it, as Elle said, it's unsourced kind of stuff. And also it's just, I don't know, weird. And, and that's, that's the thing to me that I just don't really care about because so much of QAnon is just aggressively based in people being like, Hey, this looks weird, huh? Ain't this weird? I mean, shouldn't we be concerned? Like the whole Pizzagate thing is they map it out on, look at the creepy art. The Podesta brothers had It's like, yeah, they got some art. What about it? They're like, but it's weird art. It's bad. And like, so, uh, so you don't like the art. Great. What's your point? They're like, no, the only people who can have this art are bad people. And it's like, so it's like, yeah, Lauren Barber's looking for duck dicks. I don't know. Maybe it's like some sort of like, I don't know, like science project for a kid, one of her very young children or her soon to be like grandchild that she was bra- bragging about. She's like, I'm almost 40. I'm going to be a grandmother because my like 17 year old kid knocked up somebody. Your population's me. So until any of this stuff actually, like, I don't know, bears fruit in some way, then huge grains of salt, and I'll, I'll, care, I'll care when it actually matters. Like, the, like our old belief on the Trump indictment. I'll, well, I'll believe it when I see it. I'll care when Dingle Nuts, when Dingle Nuts gets exposed. Oh, we're going to be there. We're going to strike when the iron's hot. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, thank you for the question. And finally... Uh, Existential Dreads, who has hosted our show previously, has asked, what am I having an allergic reaction to right now, and how much do I owe the hat man? I don't know who the hat man is, but the hat man, the hat man is not Aaron Rodgers' uh, like, uh, sleep paralysis demon. So the <laughs> a okay, lot of people... So I know what all of those words mean individually, but all mashed together the way you just did, that was, that, that was, it was like jazz. It was beautiful, <laughs> but I don't know what happened. Okay. So uh, a lot of people see uh, a shape or a figure when they have sleep paralysis, AKA sleep paralysis demon. Routinely people say they see a sleep paralysis demon with a hat, AKA the hat man. He's become sort of a modern cryptid. There is a misattributed, Aaron Rodgers quote from when he, from one of the multiple times where he took ayahuasca, where he said he experienced ego death and fought the hat man. Uh, now that's not really true. Aaron Rodgers didn't exactly say that he has done ayahuasca and said he's seen things, but he never said he fought the hat man, but the hat man became much more zeitgeisty and popular after this, um, it, it was a Wisconsin version of The Onion did an article about him. Uh, so the hat man is, quotation marks, a real thing in that people, it's a shared 
hallucination that people see who experience uh, sleep paralysis. Has it been ruined? Is it one of the things that's already been ruined by the SCP crowd? Or is it like on the docket to be ruined by them? Uh, It's on the docket because like people do who experience sleep paralysis do actually see that it's a common hallucination. So I I love I, I like I love how genuinely interesting a lot of this stuff is for the two weeks before 14 year old Redditors get to it. Mm-hmm. And just make it lose all credibility. Like, man, the back rooms. Oh, the back rooms are so fun for like two weeks. And then suddenly everybody was just like, oh, my God. Uh, the 19-year-old Fortnite pros take on the back rooms. And I'm just like, no, nope, yeah. I'm, I'm I am near 40. So pass on that. I don't want that. Yeah, you're not wrong. It, it had a cool, creepy vibe. And then I and I always liked liminal spaces and everything. And then, man, that that got ruined. Like yeah, God, every- it's it sucks having like known about stuff like that previously. It's like it's the like, again, it's the Matrix all over again. Like you know, you, so, so something comes out, it just ruins like a concept for you because you're just like, God damn it! Like, uh. so <laughs> now, that, now that everyone's now that everyone's th- like giving us their lukewarm takes on this, I hate it. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know all that because I saw the quote that like Aaron Rodgers said he was going to take ayahuasca again and fight the hat man. And I had to like do what they said, always say and do my own research. And I was like, God damn it. This is a, a, a not, it's a version of the onion said this, but fucking stupid Aaron Rodgers has talked about his multiple ayahuasca trips. Yeah, Aaron Rodgers is a stupid fuck who's done ayahuasca a handful of times, so you can attribute anything to him, but there's a chance it's true. Yeah, that's the problem. It was very believable. And Man, I remember like, when he was dating that like 22-year-old girl and she was like having to stick up for him during all of his like anti-vax stuff, and then after like <laughs> four months of having to just be beaten like unconscious and like, you know, metaphorically in the press because you're standing by your man while he's just like, I don't think vaccinations work during COVID. And like so uh they were just like, Yeah, we're separating. It turns yeah. out that it turns out that dating Aaron Rodgers is hard. And it's just like, <laughs> Yeah, I probably you probably should have seen the writing on the wall when he was just like, you know what I don't believe in? Vaccination. I heard it here first. L doesn't believe in vaccination. <laughs> oh, the aggressive taking things out of context to, to try to destroy people. It's, I'm just saying uh, that you can you can never prove. Like, how are you going to prove that anyone has ever been vaccinated? Yeah. Now, see, it's yeah. not that it's not that I don't think they're not effective. I just don't believe it's ever happened. <laughs> All placebos across the board. It's never <laughs> happened. There's never been a vaccine. And that is why I am anti-vax. <laughs> and you, you can quote me on that. You believe in vaccines the same way I believe in uh, Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines 2 is coming out. Yes. I mean, I believe, uh, I believe that that could come out. Well, d- does getting your source code leaked because your company imploded count is coming out? Yes. <laughs> I did it yeah. come out. Oh, then it's we, coming, baby. You'll be able to play. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And uh, the answer to your other question is shellfish. You are currently allergic to shellfish, and that's what you're having a reaction to. So I'm glad we I'm glad we covered that for dreads, but not the Hat Man, not the Hat Man, not the Hat Man. So that I mean, you don't know. Maybe 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 in the throes of your sleep paralysis, the Hat Man decided to do an allergy panel on you. <laughs> the, hat, the Hat Man's just your is actually just uh, uh, the name of your allergist. It's, it's, it's Doctor Hat Man. Hold up the little strip doing, to your skin and just being like, oh, I don't know about that. We're just doing, <laughs> we're just doing the Thirty Rock bit, Doctor Space Man. 
Like, <laughs> tree, tree nuts. I knew it. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Hatman. <laughs> so, yeah. our final question is, what are you guys looking forward to? Um, I am looking forward to... Uh, I'm looking forward to... It's... Um, I've fallen out of love with Magic the Gathering, so now I'm in this weird place where I am in Warhammer 40k spoiler season because the new edition is coming out in a couple months. So, uh, and I get to bother my friends, you guys, with stuff that uh, mostly me and one of our other friends uh, care about, but I get to show you cool minis, and uh, everybody can appreciate that. So, I- I'm enjoying a new different game spoiler season uh like sub note don't want to steal anyone else's thunder but we we also finally know how to play disney lorcana so we can actually maybe evaluate cards uh so i'm looking forward to lorcana spoiler season and 40k spoiler season uh yeah i can co-sign the lorcana thing that was like a surprise that happened this week which is cool it gives us a little bit of information. I'm not like any really more or less excited than I was before, but um, it will be nice to to be able to get on the ground floor or something like that with the boys. Uh, I'm also just sort of generally interested, generally excited for movie season, which, you know, now that I think about it, I've been in the swing of for the past like three or four weeks. But yeah, I'm consistently going out with friends to go see like one movie in theaters per week now. I've uh, also been to two movies recently. It's really weird. Yeah, there's a bunch of stuff coming out. Uh, it's like next week is the new... Uh, I'm blanking on his name right now. The new film from the guy who directed Hereditary and Midsummer, uh, Ari something, Ari Aster. Is that it? I believe that's it. I think I nailed it. Ari Aster. Uh, his new movie uh, starring Joaquin Phoenix is coming out next week. And my friends are big horror fans. The week after that, The Evil Dead comes out. Uh, I think the week after that is Guardians of the Galaxy. It's like May 5th or whatever. Yeah. Um, so th- there's like a bunch of stuff coming up back to back to back. It's actually really making me reconsider whether or not I want to join the AMC Stubbs A-list. Ooh, the list. Ooh, <laughs> I've avoided that just because I have that nice local theater that I took you to when you were out here. And um, oh, it's- nice is a stretch. It's kitschy and fun. It's, yes. it's, it's not nice. It's fun. <laughs> Uh, I guess I was using nice in a different sense. In the, in yeah, the way because the, the, the theater that we go to is nice. It's like yes. the, the, the Dolby DLP, giant leather reclining seats, aside seating, not like all that stuff. But yeah, the, the place we went to go see Multiverse of Madness together was actually a hoot. I love that. That was, that was a yeah. great experience. Uh, yeah, I, I don't. We saw Dungeons and Dragons there, and uh, I thought it was just me, but another girl in the theater was like, I need to watch that again with subtitles. I routinely could not understand what they were saying. Just like a word here and there. That's bizarre. I did not have that issue. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it might be the theater. <laughs> yeah, that, it might be your super nice theater. Also, before we transition over to, to, to see what Mike is excited about, I do have to mention uh, that we should all strap in for the veritable deluge of toy and uh, video game movies that we are about to receive mm-hmm. because Dungeons and Dragons did well and then the Super Mario Brothers movie is doing crazy well and based on what I've seen trailer wise and the buzz I'm seeing online I have to imagine the Barbie movie is going to do very well and yeah. then we are just going to get dumped on oh. Ninja Turtles has a movie that's coming out that seems like it's going to be pretty good and might do well 
It looks good. I mean, it like the animation. Yeah, Spider Verse changed everything. Oh yeah, we yeah. Sp- Spider Verse made people have to try again. Yeah, Spider Verse is coming out in July. There's just so much uh, or June. Uh, yeah, there's just so much stuff coming out. Anyway, Mike, what are you excited about? Uh, uh, before I before I talk about what I'm excited about, it just reminded me after because we, uh, me and L saw Battleship in the theaters as a, on a on a joke because it was so bad, and when we left the theater, we were talking about like Christopher Nolan doing Hungry Hungry Hippos as this grim dark version of the movie. It was just like they're hungry, and then the and then the the the, the, the Inception noise wow comes in as people are running from the hippos as they're coming after them, and it was just like Hungry Hungry Hippos the movie. It's like, oh, no. Uh, But what I'm looking forward to is uh, mostly uh, the hockey playoffs, which are going to be starting uh, sometime next week because uh, both my Boston Bruins, who are actually my team because I'm from Boston, but also the Vegas Golden Knights are doing very well. So my dream of the ultimate Stanley Cup Finals, Vegas versus Boston, lives again. Now, I I don't actually know a lot about hockey, but for anyone who may be listening that is a hockey fan, I specifically a Boston Bruins fan, I will say, Mike, how dare you? How dare you put those two teams this season on on an equivalent pedestal? They might be both doing well, but the Bruins are doing much more than very well. They're doing literally record-setting well. Oh, oh, trust me, I'm well aware. And I was about to make a joke about how a Boston team setting an unbelievable regular season record that could never be matched, that never ends poorly, does it? Because, <laughs> uh, yeah, wink nod, 07 Patriots, God fucking damn you, Richard Seymour was held. It's like, it's like the, the stick of Aaron Rodgers all over that statement. Just like the, the just be like, the greatest quarterbacks ever, like Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers. It's like, yeah, the, no. follow, the, the following two teams are having great seasons in hockey this year. The Boston Bruins and the Las Vegas Golden Knights, the same. They're the same. <laughs> well, it's just more the fact that I want that I, I would love Vegas to make the finals against Boston because that would be hilarious. But the Bruins have absolutely trucked everybody all season long, and it's been hilarious. And I really would like to see them win the whole thing because going into the season, there was this belief that basically – all the Bruins really had going for them was this kind of win one for the Gipper kind of mentality because they have a bunch of guys that are getting pretty old and this might be their last real shot at actually doing anything. And folks were like, eh, that's nice in the movies, but it doesn't actually like play in real life. Smash cut to the old guys figuring it out, the young guys elevating their game, everyone just kicking ass. Our goalie who was just a guy turning into a fucking brick wall. I mean, it's just been this perfect storm of events where the team was just gone from being, man, they're going to be mediocre. They'll probably make the playoffs if they're if things break right to just world beating dominance, the likes of which humanity has never seen before. So, uh, just here's the hoping they actually see it through and win the whole goddamn thing. Um, not so much talking shit about the Boston Celtics because they tapered off pretty badly, and they'll probably lose to Milwaukee when that series happens at some point in the playoffs. Well, there we go. Uh, so, uh, good stuff to be excited about all around, uh, especially Mike's thing, I guess, because the Bruins are doing so well. What an absolute unit of a team. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad that one of your East Coast teams is finally doing well. Yeah, I mean, uh, from, a, from a little a little unknown sports town called Boston, Massachusetts. Yeah. Where, <laughs> when, will Boston, yeah when will Boston sports ever catch a break? When, yeah. I say. When? Yeah, I love how at this point it's even been 20 years where people who were not from Boston could just be like, yeah, well, at least their baseball team will never make it. We reversed that curse a long-ass time ago. 
but uh, the stain of it will always last uh, for many of us who uh, live or ever have lived in uh, the Boston area, uh, as will our lack of a perfect season. That's right. Even while our hockey team is doing literally the nut good, uh, us people who identify as proud Bostonians will still complain about how we could have succeeded even harder. You'll never be <laughs> as good as the Dolphins. Yeah, I mean, Lord, who could be? And Tom Brady will never be an Eli Manning of that much. We are certain. All right, uh, anyway, enough of this horse shit. It is time for us to fuck straight out of hell world. No fancy way of escaping this time. We just sort of disappear like Poochie. Uh, thank you for listening to the show and supporting us with your ears. If you'd like to continue to support us, you can do so for free by leaving us a five-star review or, uh, you know, whatever else you can do to tickle the old algorithm uh, to let them know that you like what we're doing here. If you have money and you want to support the show, you can go to patreon.com slash pokerpolitics to tip your dealers. Anyone who gives us $5 or more a month gets access to our back catalog of bonus content and any future bonus content that we uh, put out. Uh, in the future when we get back to doing that, which we will probably at some point. No guarantees. But we do thank any of our beautiful babies for continuing to support us. Uh, this week, Kiz Epic Journey joins the crib. Welcome to the crib, our new beautiful baby. If you have money and you don't want to give it to dickheads like us, we understand. We suggest, if you want a suggestion, that you can do some good with it by donating it to love146.org. They're an organization whose vision is the end of child trafficking and exploitation. And, uh, you know, that's who we support here because QAnon claims to hate when the kids is in danger, but they don't do shit. And so we are here to try to do a little bit of shit, as much shit as we can do, I guess, by getting the word out. Thanks as always to DJ Minimal Effort for, wow, let me try that one again because that was very speedy and messy. Thanks as always to DJ Minimal Effort for the use of our intro song. Still no social media for them, but uh, they're a pretty cool guy. Uh, thanks to Frosty, our voiceover artist for all of our bumps and the voice of Q when we need it. You can find them on Twitter at FrostyVO. You can find them the show. That's all three of us together combined as a Voltron to make the thing you're listening to now on Twitter for the time being until we all move over to Substack and then start charging you. Uh, that's not true. Don't worry about that. Uh, but for the time being, at Hellworld with a Q instead of an O. You can find myself at Hellworld L, spelled the same way. Sarge is at Sarge in Hell. And Mike Reigns is, of course, at Poker Politics. So for another successful episode of the Adventures of Hellworld podcast, I have been one of your hosts, the Mysterious L, joined as frequently recently on a record by Sarge. This is a rudder that we will continue to do because it annoys him. And of course, our expert in all things Q and all crazy, Mr. Mike Reigns. Good speed, patriots!